Welcome back to middle school It's a zoo out there So just be cool Don't speak too loud Try to fit in But if you don't Then you can be in And welcome to the Outfit Repeaters. I'm your host, Marissa Cantor, and with me, as always, is Sam Chung. Hello, Marissa. You have no need to worry. I showed up today, and I have no plans to strike out on my solo podcast career anytime soon. So I'm here, and you can count on me being here, and and the band will not be breaking up today. Yeah, but you know what we can count on? What what can we count on? (laughs) These writers messing up. (laughs) (laughs) oh please do tell okay this i am i am living for this so in this episode episode eight of how i met your father there is like a one line bts joke that (laughs) we're just diving right in (laughs) we are diving right in this is this is news no this is like when when you open a movie and it just like opens right in the middle and you're like, what happened? <laughs> Where am I? And it's like, no idea. We'll catch you up later. But we're just diving right in. No, this is drama. <laughs> this is this is this is high stakes drama. No, this is just hilarious to me. And I want to talk about it really right away. <laughs> I'm like, what are the stakes here? Well, because they messed up, first of all, the whoever's doing social for this show messed up because there is a gif of this joke on the how i met your father twitter account still they didn't take it down yet i don't believe so oh man you'd think that because this has been going on so we're recording this on wednesday wednesday night no thursday oh my god normally record on wednesday this week we're a little bit behind so we're recording on thursday night and um there's merit definitely to getting the podcast out you know maybe a day after the episode airs but in this case Letting it marinate for a couple days has been glorious. <laughs> it's been worth it. Yeah. It actually might be down. It was Oh, so they I, did take it down. Okay, because I was like, it would be very negligent given all the back. How can you, how can they not be monitoring all of the feedback that they're getting? It was up just a few hours ago. So if it's, oh, it's not the How oh, I Met the, Your Father Twitter account. It is Hulu. Oh, it's the Hulu. This, it's, see, this is the problem. How I Met Your If How I Met Your Father had it up, I'm sure they're monitoring. But Hulu, and this is the thing, they probably outsource the social media. Like Hulu, probably, you know, they have campaign managers. But if it's anything like the rest of the industry, I'm sure they have like a third party uh, kind of managing their social accounts. So uh, this is this is not, you know, get on it, Hulu. Yes. So. The joke in the show, Charlie says, did Jungkook leave BTS and go solo? Man, we all saw it coming. And the tweet is, you know what we didn't see coming? Dot, dot, dot. Charlie being hashtag BTS army. That is a mistake because they brought army into this. (laughs) I think, well, the tweet doesn't really Well, the joke is a mistake. Let's be clear. I mean, so... The the joke is a mistake on multiple levels. So the 
The joke in the show, obviously mistake, because there's obviously already a chance that the BTS army will find it because, as we know, this is the same army that has, like, derailed full political campaigns and, and the like. But secondly, the Twitter, or the tweet itself does not make sense because Charlie is advocating for the dismemberment. Dismemberment is not the right word. <laughs> Disbandment. <laughs> The disbandment of BTS, making him firmly not BTS Army. No. Because BTS Army would in no way advocate for Jungkook leaving the band. I think third of all, well, I don't even know if I need to get into a third of all. That's enough things. Well, it's just if you did the bare minimum of research, Mm -hmm. you would know that that is not an okay joke to just drop. Because that is not what BTS is. BTS didn't just pop into the zeitgeist out of thin air. You know, they've been doing their thing. Yes. For at least a decade. <laughs> Over a decade. Oh, my God. What are what are the other things that the K-pop fans have done? They've done a lot of, like, social justice things where it's, like, was it Planned Parenthood, maybe? I don't remember. I don't know, but they're great. We love BTS <laughs> ARMY, and now they are coming to cancel How I Met Your Father. Because yes. in the last two days they have been bombing it with one star google reviews to the point where the show is now rated at a cool 1.6 1.6 with like the vast majority of the reviews being one star yeah so i mean there are what almost six thousand total google ratings now at this point in time it looks like a good 80% at least of them are now one-star no reviews one courtesy of hashtag BTS Army. Yes. And it's like, it's ARMY that watches the show. It's ARMY that was considering watching the show but never would now because of such a disrespectful joke. <laughs> it is like the whole thing. And it's glorious because they 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 set themselves up for this. Go off, ARMY. Go off. Get this show canceled. Maybe they won't be coming back for a 20-episode season two. I mean... That's a joke they are. that They probably are, but BTS ARMY jokes definitely will not be making, <laughs> be making a, reappearance a reappearance in the supersized 20-episode season two, I would, I would bet. I should hope not. Yeah. This should be a lesson learned. I mean, this should be a wider lesson learned, like... Given the amount of name drops that this show has tried to incorporate thus far, I'm surprised it took this long for the backlash to to occur. I mean, if Woody Harrelson had more vocal fans, <laughs> I'm sure that this would have happened long ago. Like it was, it, the writing was on the wall when they decided to go in this direction. I didn't even play the news clip. We just got right into it. That's true. <laughs> News, 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 news. Well, that is still the issue with the show for me is that it feels so dated, but it tries to stay, like, be so relevant with these, like, Gen Z, like, millennial jokes. And it just, it doesn't work. And they're making a lot of, like, it's, uh, what is it now, March 2022? They're making a lot of assumptions that nothing crazy is going to happen in 2022. They know we're on the verge of World War III, right? Like, <laughs> making all these 2022 references could age very badly. It's it's a lot, and they came for Jungkook and just... Oh, yeah, don't too do that. Far. No, too don't far. do that. Not okay. No. Um, and we will not make the same mistake, but 
I, it's just hilarious. It's funny. It's funny stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Full support. Full support to the army. I mean, you know what? If you don't, if you can't take the smoke. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's happening. I know. They were trying to be smooth like butter, but it was more rough like sandpaper. <laughs> that was so bad. That was really bad. <laughs> <laughs> but it was bad. It was all bad. Yeah, I don't even know what else there is to say about this episode. I know we have an entire episode to cover, but I, once again, was pretty underwhelmed. Well, you've been you've been asking for a while for more context about Valentina. Today we met her abusive boss. Um, yeah, it wasn't so great. We, we got that. Uh, we've been looking for some movement on the father front, which Matt McGuire, where where are we at, right? Stop laughing. I didn't even play it yet. It's so funny, though. Matt McGuire, where are we at? Why, no father. No father, but we did get one kiss. We did. And we got Leighton Meester. We did. We did, yeah. I called that one. I feel like when you cast Leighton Meester, you know she's going to show up in some way. Definitely. Yeah. I wasn't uh, mad about that. She's a delight. I mean, everybody else was kind of upset about it. I yeah. mean, the people in the characters in the show. Yeah. Yeah. No, it gave us our first Sid and Ellen pairing in terms of like character dynamics. Yeah. And they were fine. I mean, I wish they had more to do, I suppose. But I mean, what else would bring them together other than literally Okay, this is a sitcom. Literally anything can bring two characters together. It's like literally you are only limited by your own imagination. That's true. And honestly, it is a little confusing to me that, I mean, I guess Ellen is invested on the basis of like, he's her brother, but like she didn't know Meredith, right? Like we've been led to believe that Jesse and Ellen are not close or had not been close prior Yes. They had all their emo angst. <laughs> they did have emo angst. Yes, they did. I mean, it could be literally anything. Like, Ellen could need to go furniture shopping, and Sid could also need to go furniture shopping for his bar. I don't know. Like, like literally anything. Instead, we have uh, basically their whole storyline is just... Stay away from me! <laughs> That's the energy. <laughs> yeah. At Leighton Meester. At Leighton Meester, yes, yeah, sorry. To clarify, at Leighton Meester. Stay away from me! <laughs> so, yes, a lot going on in terms of relationships. Meredith has dropped in. Um, there's some brewing conflict with Drew and Sophie, which is not surprising. I have never thought that they were very compatible at all. Mm-hmm. So, you well, can he's see- not main cast. So. It was, it seems like it was always going to be temporary. True. But even outside of that, just character wise, the writing was on the wall. Don't let the guest star role fool you. They could have brought him back as a series regular in their 20 episode season two. That's true. They could have. Yeah. You know what I'm mad about? I have no idea what you're mad about. So the, the aforementioned kiss at the end of the episode it happens over the new Lumineers song, Bright Side, and it's like, Lumineers, you're too good for this. You did not need to do that. Are you familiar with that song? Yeah, it's their, it's their new single. Oh. It's their, from their new album. And you know, my sister is 
like whatever the stan equivalent is for the lumineers so but does Brightside beat mr Brightside? i mean they're two completely different songs no that's not the question the question is not are they the same genre the question is which one is better I mean, Mr. Brightside slaps. It's a classic. <laughs> I will never not scream that song during karaoke. So, yeah. yeah. It started out with a kiss. How did we end up like well, this? I mean, that would have been a more appropriate song for this moment. <laughs> yeah. Should we say who the kiss is? Are we beating around the bush? Oh, we didn't say. I thought we said. We didn't say. <laughs> Sophie kisses Jesse. That's another thing. Or I guess Jesse kisses Sophie. That's another thing that social media was all riled up about was that the social accounts tweeted this spoiler pretty much immediately <laughs> and people were like what wow he's just so turned on by chipped teeth i guess so it's his kink <laughs> i guess so hillary duff posted about how she couldn't like post anything on social for a week because of that black stain on her tooth mm. so that's kind of funny to think about that it wasn't just something that came on and off with makeup it just like was a part of her for the duration of that shoot. Interesting. I guess that's, I guess that is the simpler way to do it. Just paint it on. But then does that mean they shot this at the very end? Like then they're what on hiatus for a week. This is the last thing that they shot. I don't know. But yeah. Do we have anything else to say? Should we just talk about the episode? We've been talking about the episode. No, but should we go through it the way that we usually do? Uh, Yeah, no, we, we should. Like I meant, you know, we do our like overarching thoughts feelings vibes i think we're over that <laughs> at this point so we're now eight episodes eight of ten episodes in uh so this is all we're almost at the end here uh have we gotten anywhere if so not uh, not very far but you know at this point i think everybody who's tuning in to listen to content covering how i met your father season one knows what they're getting into with this although they might not have been able to predict the bts twist <laughs> but, but you know, I think I think everybody's ready. People are people are they just want to hear what we have to say. Yeah, it's like being part of the Millie gang. Um, it's like wa- like watching Joe Millionaire. Watching Joe Millionaire and listening to that podcast. It's like I like to believe that we have a small but passionate fan base who doesn't quite know what they're watching, but is along for the ride nonetheless. Yeah, don't ask. <laughs> don't ask. <laughs> So today we are talking about How I Met Your Father, season one, episode eight. We've been talking about it, but let me just give you the, you know, episode rundown. This episode is called The Perfect Shot. In this episode, Sophie and Jesse navigate a day in the life of an artist. Valentina retaliates against her boss and Sid and Ellen deal with an unexpected visitor. This episode starts with a previously on, as if we needed that. Oh, trust me. We... Uh, we do remember where we left <laughs> off just one week ago. Yeah, with Rivka Rebel. Yes, with Rivka. I mean, that's not really the point. The point is that... Sophie has an opportunity. She needs to get the perfect shot. Yes, she needs to hit Naomi with her best shot. Correct, and she has nothing. Yes, <laughs> just blanks. <laughs> blanks. The, th- the thematic tension in this episode is about do I keep pursuing my passion, or do I settle down? Like, that's the conflict between, like, Sophie and Drew at the very least. Like, it's not really conflict for Sophie because she doesn't feel any type of way about needing to settle down. She has no feelings. 
No, she does have feelings, but her feelings are, let me continue down this path and pursue my art. And that's where she connects with Jesse because they are very similar in that sense. They're both driven by their art. I feel like that's, it's definitely, that's a generous take because we literally just saw Jesse re-engage with his art essentially 20 minutes ago, <laughs> like throughout the first six and a half, no, I guess seven and a half episodes of How I Met Your Father. Was Jesse really an artist? He played he played the piano one time. <laughs> okay, but like just because you're going through something doesn't mean you're not an artist anymore. Like if you're blocked or struggling or like dealing with, you know, the proposal fail trauma, that doesn't just make him not a musician. I agree that there's nothing that indicates yet that he's a good musician, but that doesn't like not make him one. I guess, but if this is okay, so he's a mus like if this is his like passion, right? Why is it he's still gigging or why like what is he doing? I just he uh, he he doesn't do anything related to his passion to this artist to this artist. He's getting back on his feet because he worked with Meredith before. Yeah, but even that like clearly wasn't like a full time gig like they were playing in the bar at just like random brooklyn it's not easy i know it's not easy but like that doesn't make him not a musician though oh my goodness sam it just feels like if a writer is working on a book or is working on their book trying to get published for years and years and years but it hasn't happened yet does that make them not a writer i mean we saw that uh in this episode at the dentist (laughs) i just think like Art is not like it's who you are. Like you either are or you aren't. And like just because you don't have any like tangible success from it yet or quote like quote unquote success doesn't make it not true. My perspective is that if this is something that he really wants to that he really wants to do, I'm just like I'm I'm not seeing the drive out of him to really succeed. What are you talking about? Hillary Duff gave him a lucky bangle last week and then oh he my went God. off. We've talked about the lucky bangle before. The bangle has nothing to do with his production. He's maybe a music teacher, like maybe whatever. Like if you look at like, let's look at the movie um, Soul, for example, right? Where you, it's a similar position. You have this music teacher, but at the same time, like you can see him like actively trying to gig and he actually does end up like, working towards a goal like what is jesse's musical goal i have no idea he's never out there like just playing music with people he doesn't seem to enjoy playing music it's (laughs) i I just i'm I'm not feeling it from him i'm sorry like his vibe is wrong (laughs) well maybe (laughs) maybe it's just underwritten well, it's definitely underwritten. <laughs> it's not a maybe it's underwritten. It's definitely underwritten. I'm just not, I'm just, I'm not feeling it. You're like, I'm sorry. From an outsider's perspective, if I'm his guidance counselor, I'm saying, you know what? You don't seem motivated enough. You're not going to succeed. But like my take on it is that it's very much caused by that specific incident. And he's, we have only seen the Jesse who is post Meredith and like going through this rough patch with his art. We don't, we don't know the Jesse from before proposal fail. Okay. Here's the difference, right? Like we are like getting so in the weeds about this. We need to- I think it, no, I think <laughs> a good, a good way to look at this is like, let's compare 
like Meredith and Jesse because Meredith clearly has like other musical avenues and like musical contacts. Well, Meredith and, like, is clearly drive. the talented one. Obviously, in this relationship. Yeah, like she is succeeding. Like I don't know that Jesse has any other musical connections. He's not out here like connecting with other people. Do we know if he's friends with any other musicians or if he was literally just kind of like attached to Meredith? I just like I don't know. For you, for like, you can be a writer, like you can be writing something and it's never published, sure. But like, are you go? Are you talking to other writers? Are you working on this and that? Like, I don't know. It's I'm just not seeing anything that resembles somebody who is serious about pursuing their their art in a way that they can like live off of. He's going through something. Let him live. Okay. <laughs> but normally, if you're going through something, right? The music is how you release it. Like how many breakup songs exist? Yeah, I mean, like Olivia Rodrigo went through it, and look <laughs> at what's the whole album. Like Jesse has made none of his experience productive. <laughs> it's just not emblem. I feel, I feel, and maybe I'm wrong. I feel it's not emblematic of a driven artist. I don't know why I'm so defensive. <laughs> yeah, right why now. are you defending Jesse so hard? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Justice for Chris Lowell. Give him better <laughs> content. <laughs> I digress. Okay, that was a lot. Let's let's move on. Let's move on. Okay. Kim Cattrall sets us up. When you're a struggling artist, you only get so many chances to prove yourself. You deal with imposter syndrome. You ask yourself, am I good enough? Yeah, that's true. I related to that. That's a mood. We cut to 2022 and... Sophie is going through her portfolio and believes that all of her photos are terrible. She does not have the perfect shot. Yeah, and I'm I'm a little bit confused about these like series of fo- these sound like pictures she took on her phone. You feel like they were photos on her phone because one of them literally was. Like she printed a photo of a blurry tampon, which Ellen tries to make this like feminist statement. She's like, "No, that's literally just a blurry tampon. And I mean, you said this last time. It's like, why are none of the other photos that she's ever taken over the course of literally her entire life <laughs> enough? Like, it doesn't need to be a new photo. Naomi didn't even look at your portfolio. Yeah, you already gave her something. Just <laughs> yeah. You thought that was good enough before. So just give it to her again. Yeah, just do it again. Jesse, oh, Jesse, finally has a sliver of motivation. He's going solo. He's going to make it happen. Sid is so proud of him. There is a tender kiss on the forehead. <laughs> How do we feel about that? Uh, they're buds. Romance. I guess. Yeah. Very cute. Um, but he has no money. So he now says that he has drained his entire bank account into studio time. And this just feels irresponsible. <laughs> like, does he not know? Like, I don't, does does he not know that anybody can just make music in their house and post it on TikTok or YouTube or whatever? I just don't know what the studio time is going to do for you. Like a good song is a good song, you know. He's not. T- he's clearly not taking the the Billie Eilish route. No, and then Sophie, of course, is like relatable because I just poured my entire bank account into rolls of film. <laughs> rolls of- <laughs> what? Yeah, I mean, that might be an even worse investment. Like, she knows <laughs> digital. I don't even know what... She clearly had a digital camera. 
<laughs> uh, maybe she just really likes the medium. I don't know. But what? <laughs> I can't. I can't explain this. I can't explain either of these decisions. Like, uh, part of me is like, is it? Is it your artistic drive uh, and passion that's really setting you back, or do you just make poor decisions? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there is merit to shooting on film if it is part of, if you have a vision, right? Sure. It's like when movies like that are made today are shot on film for a particular aesthetic. Mm -hmm. Cool. But like you can take a fantastic photo on a high quality DSLR, not even like a high quality, like a, like an entry level DSLR. Mm -hmm. I just don't understand it just doesn't feel it does it just it bothers me because it's such a such a stupid detail that makes it feel like <laughs> she doesn't know what she's doing. Yeah. And I would say street photography feels challenging. I don't know actually because I've never done street photography on film. It just feels like it'd be difficult because the lighting's always changing. Okay. I have a lot of like street photography feelings. And it's not even from a technical standpoint. It's also from like is she getting her subject's consent or is she just like, ooh, like there's literally one point where there's like an elderly couple that are about to kiss and she's like, ooh, this could be my photo, tries to take a shot of strangers. It's so strange. And there's no, there's no vision, right? Like there's no artistic purpose. There's no reason. It's not like, like the closest thing I can think of to what like she could be trying to do is like Humans of New York. It's like that photographer who goes around and he takes pictures of like random people, but like he listens to their stories and he gets their consent to post these photos. See and I you just get these like really interesting like slice of life anecdotes and some are super moving. And so I'm like, she's not like, what is that's the, th See, that's not street photography. That's to photojournalism me. That's, actually. Yeah, it's just like, that's portraiture. Like street photography for like the best way I think to monetize it is like to be staffed at like a newspaper or like some sort of like digital, maybe, yeah, like a digital media site, right? Where like you're shooting, you're shooting events and shooting things that just like support coverage of things that are going on in the city. Yeah, not just like snapping a photo of <laughs> random people walking down the street. And I'm, I'm also like, the the assignment, if we're calling what Naomi gave to Sophie an, an assignment, is take a photo that represents you. How do these two old people kissing represent you? I don't know. They have not fleshed out who she is as an artist. They're just like, she's a photographer, but th I have no idea what that means. I also have no idea why, right? Like, why photography? I don't understand where yeah. this passion comes from. Mm-hmm. So it's just really hard to like even like root for her in this episode. And I think that's where this episode falls flat for me as a whole because we're supposed to be along for the ride with Sophie and like wanting this moment for her and wanting her to succeed. And like, I don't care. <laughs> like, I just don't. Wow. You don't care. <laughs> you don't care at all. What a dirk. <laughs> no. So... To kind of juxtapose this artistic pursuit that is happening, we have Drew. Drew is a, he's a principal, he is a planner, he 
invites us into his world in this episode via a school fundraiser that the main cast is all invited to. That no one is really all that excited to attend, but whatever, they'll go. Then we cut to Sid in his apartment, and who shows up? Meredith. Marry me, Meredith. Yeah. Leighton Meester is here. Finally. (laughs) Yeah. And she is here. She needs to speak to Jesse, but he he's not available he's out it's a terrible excuse so it's like he's on a date with Dua Lipa like that (laughs) again with these like unnecessary pop culture name drops yeah like it's just it's so excessive and it's distracting please stop (laughs) I mean it's not the worst we've heard don't do it doing it don't do it doing it on the plus side I got to see Woody Harrelson's penis from the inside (laughs) it's still annoying So she needs to speak to Jesse and she's willing to hang around and wait for him, but she needs the Wi-Fi while she waits. Their Wi-Fi password is creatively Meredith sucks. And Sid reaches out to Ellen. We have a code M. Yeah. Do we have any indication? uh, And I'm just like not remembering this, that Meredith has like tried to reach out to Jesse already. Did she say that she was, she called him, but he wasn't answering his phone. I don't remember, but you would think, you would think. I would hope that that was the case. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm really blanking right now. But, you know, if you need to talk to somebody, like, schedule, show up. schedule an appointment, <laughs> then you'll, you'll, you'll meet them for sure. Yeah, definitely. So then we cut to Valentina. And like you said, we have been waiting for this. We have been waiting for some indication of her life outside of her relationship with Charlie. And it's terrible. Yeah, her, her life is bad. <laughs> Yeah, she works in the fashion industry, which we gathered under a super abusive boss, which we also learned in the previous episode. But now we get to see it. It's bad. Like Valentina should not be here for as long as she has. And quite frankly, she doesn't really seem like the type of person who would put up with it. So it doesn't to me, there's like a disconnect. I would agree with that. Yeah. Uh, I guess I'm also just like, obviously she's here, she's in this kind of like fashion job, but even still, like they may be like, sure, they're giving us more things about Valentina. I still don't know what her goal is, like what she wants to do. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. But yeah, he says like abusive shit to her via like American girl doll that like vaguely looks like her, which is so bizarre. It's creepy. It's bad. And like, I don't know, I understand that she is in this position because she believes that if she waits it out, she will move on and work her way up and have like a better opportunity. But no, girl. I mean, I just don't understand. Like, she thinks she's going to move up within the company. She said she's been in that role for five years. At this point, it's on the resume. Like... (laughs) Get a new job. Leave. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing uh, There's nothing to stop you from leaving. And then this is the thing that doesn't make sense. She's like, oh, I'm going to get back at my boss. I'm going to steal this purse, which there, there's no way this ends up good. <laughs> yeah. It makes no sense as a revenge scheme because it only works if he never, oh, he's never going to find out about it. Then like you're not 
it just it no, makes this, it makes no sense. This works if she's gotten fired, right? And then she's trying to hurt this person. But because she's still employed by this person, hurting the person also hurts her. <laughs> it makes no sense. So while there's still a connective thread between them, she can't do this. Is this a plot hole or is I, it just stupid? It's just stupid. <laughs> no, this isn't a plot it's, hole. It, it makes no sense. So then we cut to the fundraiser. Drew is super excited for Sophie to meet his, quote, work peeps. That was oh, pretty cringy. Qu- <laughs> so again, you're reading from my notes. So you're saying, quote, work peeps, but that's my own notes. So you're quoting me. You're not quoting the show. No, but that's what he, he calls them, his peeps. Oh, did he say that? Yes. Okay. That's why you said it. That you, was why I said it? You would just type peeps. Actually, you're right. I probably wouldn't. <laughs> I am assuming that was a quote. I remember, no, because he said it because it made me think of like, what the Lizzie McGuire clip where she says peeps. No, it wasn't Lizzie who said peeps. You don't remember wait, you don't remember this? You don't remember the quote? There are so many quotes. No, you're you're not remembering it right. Okay. It was <laughs> Enlighten me, please. No, it's it's th- this is the quote. The peeps. Do the right thing. <laughs> oh yeah, it was our boy Clayton. Yeah. Ethan Kraft. Well, anyways, Drew has work peeps. Meanwhile, Sophie Sophie will be there. She'll be on time. But in the meantime, she is still trying to find that shot. And this is where she sees an old couple kissing over a steam vent. She's like, this is it. And her angle is on like a, like a stoop, like a set of stairs leading up to like a brownstone building. And she kind of like leans over the railing. And falls and chips a tooth. That first step's a doozy. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I didn't even know you had that. Oh, I still have it. Her immediate reaction is to call Jesse, which is interesting. Well, they established earlier that because they are struggling artists, aka they make poor decisions, uh, they have all kinds of shortcuts to basic needs. (laughs) Yes, like bringing your own beer to a bar. And apparently, Jesse has the hookup. Yeah, he, he knows a cheap dentist. He knows a, of course he does. Of course. So then we cut back to Sid and Ellen. Can I just digress for one quick second? Um. Okay. It's quick. It just, I can't not mention another hilarious tweet that I saw in the past week talking about this show where someone tweeted that... Naming your only lesbian character, Ellen, is a hate crime. Nice. And I respected that take. I wanted <laughs> to shout it out. Yep. But anyways, Sid is giving Ellen the rundown about Meredith. And okay, I'm a little confused about their assumption here or the conclusion that they jump to. And it is that she's pregnant. This, like the timeline of this whole situation is a little wonky to me we established that last time we have no idea what the timeline is when did the yeah when did proposal fail video happen how could she be pregnant with i'm assuming they believe it's jesse's child and that's why she's here so did this happen a lot more recently than we assumed uh i guess so it would have had to because she's not okay if they think she's pregnant she's not showing 
So did this like literally just happen a few months ago? I I don't know enough about pregnancy. (laughs) Like at what point do you start showing? I would say not until I think like the 16 to 20 week mark, like first trimester, you're not showing. So what is happening? I don't know. I don't know either. It's a little frustrating. I don't like continuity errors or like a lack of understanding what the timeline is, especially on a show that just like hammers years home to us so much. I mean, they distract us with this. There's no end to our game. No borders on the frame. Hydroxy on our faces so our pores are down the drain. Oh my God, Elena, rhymes are lit. I've said that Sid can do no wrong, but <laughs> that was wrong. Is this the cringiest line? <laughs> it might be. <laughs> yeah. Ugh, that was bad. I don't know. Ellen's Barbara Walters impression was also wild. It was, but I don't know. Was it cringy? What is that character used to do whenever you drank water? He told you about Barbara Waters? Yes. <laughs> Today on The View, I will be interviewing a delicious glass of ice. What? (laughs) Yeah, so Meredith shows up at the bar and they just kind of keep toying with her, right? They're like, okay, well, like he was here, but now he's back at the apartment. We got to go back. Yeah, I mean, this, I I hate to say it again. This makes no sense. (laughs) (laughs) Why, if they really don't like Meredith, I don't understand why they're not just like, yo. Go away. Go away. (laughs) They can't just, they can't just be, actually, you know what? It would be better if this was their energy. Stay away from me! But they're just so, uh... It's like a game of cat and mouse. Yeah, they're too aloof. In their, like, convoluted mind, they think that she is potentially pregnant with Jesse's child right now. That's such a bad take. That's such a this bad liter- conclusion. This is mostly Ellen. Ellen jumping to conclusions has bit her in the ass three, four times now. She has alienated the girl who now lives across the hall by confusing two two Jewish ladies. It's just like, learn from your mistakes. <laughs> Character growth? No. It's like Lizzie McGuire. Uh, growth? No. We don't know that here. I, so, I guess that's true. We're the same people. We haven't changed. <laughs> <laughs> so they're going to walk Meredith back to the apartment Meanwhile, Jesse takes Sophie to his dentist. It is a crowded waiting room because it is such a steal. And we see some eccentric artists in this waiting room, like an actress who is going to audition for Waitress later, a man who has spent six years writing a novel that nobody wants to read, who has written so many manuscripts Ever since the Reagan era. So this guy has been around. He has been trying. The dentist seems to have been around as well. (laughs) Yes. He is old. (laughs) Yes. He is old. Also, okay. How does Sophie just get to arrive to this packed waiting room and she just gets to like skip the line? That was very convenient. Now that that does qualify as a plot hole. Yeah, it makes no sense. Unless Jesse is giving this dentist sexual favors to skip the line. Oh boy. Oh boy. So meanwhile, at the fundraiser, 
Charlie feels complicit in this crime. Val is drinking. I mean, he is. He was there. <laughs> he doesn't just feel complicit. He is complicit. Okay, well, he feels guilty about being <laughs> complicit. And oh no, who could have foreseen that her boss notices that the purse is missing? Yes. Back with Sophie and Jesse, post-dentist. They are in Jesse's car. Their, her tooth looks better than ever, but suddenly the car stops short. It just like randomly dies while he's driving it. Does that happen? I mean, the context is Jesse uh, knew that the car had something wrong with it. <laughs> and just did not. But just ignored it. So it doesn't happen if you maintain your car properly. I can't really speak to what a car does when you just blatantly let it fall into disrepair. Fair enough. So she <laughs> bangs her tooth off the dash and chips it once again. After steps a doozy. <laughs> So she is two for two. Chip the same tooth. Uh, two for tooth. Twice. <laughs> Back at the school, Charlie is really starting to spiral. Val is like, you know what? We just have to bid for this purse and win it back. Like this was such a bad plan. The auction starts and someone bids $15,000. It's a fancy purse. Even So Charlie is apparently like a purse expert. And he knows this is a this is a fancy purse. People are people are gonna want this. Good for him. And like honestly, I wish they like leaned into that more because they do this thing where they like kind of give him these more like effeminate qualities, but then they try to like walk it back like it's a joke. But like let Charlie love purses. Who cares? He's just rich. He knows about fancy things. Yes, but like I would argue that if you were rich, like okay, let's let's bring it back to. Back to Joe Millionaire. Steven is rich. Oh my God. Do do you think that he can name a Chanel bag by like year and material and make? No, Steven cannot even pop a bottle of champagne. Well, okay, but Joe Millionaire. Don't stereotype rich people. (laughs) Joe Millionaire did that on purpose. They picked literally the least cultured rich person they could (laughs) so that every, every time something like a bow tie came up or a tuxedo, he'd be like, Oh, well, I've never worn a tuxedo. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying the wealthy contain multitudes. I don't know anything about champagne. (laughs) Then he's like, Mom, Dad, you can't wear your Rolex today. I'm just saying, like, let Charlie contain multitudes and don't make it a joke. He's already a psychopath, you know, (laughs) like, let him let him love purses, too. And so then we're back at the broken down car. There's this like crazy moment where (laughs) Sophie thinks that she finds her tooth and Jesse takes it from her and eats it. (laughs) And it's like, no, it's just a tic tac. But that was so wild. That's not the appropriate response. (laughs) To just just, like eat. No, that was wild. And Sophie was really impacted by seeing these elderly struggling artists at the dentist she's like is this going to be me am I just doomed to be a struggling artist forever should I just quit while I'm ahead I'm never going to get my perfect photo she is full spiraling and Jesse has his like pep talk like rom-commy moment here he really talks her up he tries to inspire her the thing is like if we play it like it's sweet should we play it sure what if We are not struggling artists on the verge of our big breaks. 
What if we are going to wind up like those sad people in the waiting room using old presidents to track how long we've been failures? Because I've been taking photos since Obama. I'm already doing it. Okay, okay. Sophie, stop. All right, look, I've seen your photos. They're fantastic. You've got a half dozen shots you could send in right now to impress that hoity-toity gallery woman. And even if for some reason she doesn't like them, somebody else will. How do you know? Because the way you see the world is in, incredible. You're like this insane little ball of joy and hope and optimism. I mean, even today, you, you were eating cocktail garnishes and acting like it was a lobster dinner. That's why I love being around you. And it's how I know the world's going to love your photos. Because you're amazing. It's cute. I mean, like, he performed the heck out of it, I will say. But, like, I don't believe it. <laughs> like, you think he's lying? No, I just, it doesn't feel earned. We haven't seen enough of them together for this moment to land for me. Yeah, because was, wait, when was the last moment they really had together? Because they, because there's been so many moments where they're not together. I'm like, when was the last episode that they were paired together? Was it the, yeah, I mean, was it the subway moment? Or was there, was there something since the subway moment? I mean, she gave him the bangle. She gave him the bangle. But you're right. Because I'm trying to think. All right. So that was episode three. Episode four was the birthday party. And Charlie, or not Charlie, and Jesse had his moment with Ellen. So they were busy then. In The Good Mom, Jesse was hanging out with Sid. That was therapy with Charlie. That was like dealing with the video. Yeah. So. They no, weren't together there. They weren't together during Stacy. Stacy. Rivka Rebel, they weren't together at all. So they haven't had any moments really since episode three. Yeah, that's a problem. What he says is so sweet, but like we haven't seen their connection for me to like believe in them at all. So it's a little, it's a little, it's a little sad because it's a great speech, but it landed for Sophie because, oh my gosh, he's working on the car and there it is, her perfect shot. Yeah, why? I have no idea. Why is this her perfect shot? Like, there's no, uh, I, there's I no like, elaboration. There's no elaboration. Just like this is the perfect shot that represents her as an artist. It's Jesse working on a car, and I, I'm confused. Does Jesse know how to work on cars, or is he just pretending like he knows what he's doing? I don't know. I just think you know his sleeves are rolled up. She's seeing some forearms, and she's like, "Ooh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> he is cute." I bet, no, I bet he's doing what I would do, which is just like look at the car and hope that something presents itself. <laughs> but you don't really know what you're doing. But that's the perfect shot. Again, Misplaced why? optimism. Yeah, That's her sure. perfect shot. Okay, so back at the apartment, Ellen, Sid, and Meredith are back. Jesse is not there. And Meredith is catching on to this game that is being played. And... Surprise, she's not pregnant. She is just successful. Yes. <laughs> she, she She's so successful that she got on the Drew Barrymore show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. It was a moment. That, that, that They went on about Drew. Didn't they say Drew was the moment? Crazy that they would name drop Drew Barrymore when there's another character named Drew. <laughs> <laughs> And I guess the song is very obviously about her and Jesse. This is her driver's license moment. How could it be a driver's license moment? <laughs> like that entire album is about like, uh, well, no, I guess it's an, 
No, we don't need to get into that. We're not getting to <laughs> that. I'm just saying, like, that. she knows that releasing this song will likely trigger him. Like, it's very clearly, like, about them. She just wants to give him a heads up. And she's staying at the Bowery if he wants to talk. Is Drew Barrymore putting her up at the Bowery? Because... <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Drew Barrymore wouldn't put your mom anywhere. So. <laughs> no, that's what I mean. <laughs> Oh, that's such a deep cut. We don't even need to explain that. We could just move on. (laughs) (laughs) For me, again, for myself as a bystander, this feels disingenuous on Meredith's behalf. Like, Meredith doesn't need to tip. Like, what is Meredith telling Jesse, hey, I wrote a song about you. There's nothing you can do about it. You're just going to feel a certain type. Like, what is that going to do? Yeah, what is your game here, Meredith? Meredith, Yeah, Meredith has a game. Meredith has a game. What's going on? Like, there's no need to bring Jesse into this, no. whatever you're trying to do. No. It's sus. It's sus. It is. They just needed an excuse to bring Leighton Meester onto the show. <laughs> yeah. And give her literally nothing to do. So then Sophie finally makes it to this fundraiser. I feel like the entire episode is kind of building to this moment that happens so, it's so rushed, right? Like, it's like this slow fuse and then it just like explodes. And really out of nowhere and in not the appropriate venue or contact, like like Drew's at work, essentially. Basically, we learn that Jesse has been offered a full-time teaching job mm-hmm. at Drew's school and he doesn't take it. And Drew doesn't understand why he wouldn't. He thinks that Jesse should stop chasing this pipe dream. Sophie hears this. She internalizes it real quick and turns it around to be like, wait a second. Do you also think that what I am doing is a pipe dream? Like, way to make this about you, Sophie. And she's kind of like, yeah, I do. I mean, this goes back to like, it doesn't make sense for Jesse not to take this full-time teaching job because what else is he doing? (laughs) Pursuing his dream. No, he's not. (laughs) Okay, we don't have to, okay. He's sitting around at the bar with Sid. Okay, we don't have to go there. We don't have to get, we don't have to go down this rabbit hole again. Okay. Just take the job. Take the job. (laughs) Essentially, Drew thinks that photography is Sophie's passion, and that's great, but there comes a time in life where you need to get a stable job and settle down and plan for the future and, you know, maybe afford a dentist. And Sophie is like, wow, this logical man clearly does not understand me tisk tisk <laughs> i am a struggling artist if i get a stable job how will i struggle that's my entire that essence is, that is literally her defining personality trait <laughs> i struggle <laughs> my, my struggles know no bounds <laughs> but like the thing too is i don't understand like how is she surviving because we don't even see her like side hustling no I, guess, I mean, like, yeah, the, at I, least we see the other people side hustling, right? I guess the event photography, like the bot, but like. That she got by mistake. <laughs> but in earlier episodes, she like alluded to like, that's what she does. But okay, regardless. Sure. Val is now freaking out about this situation that she got herself into. Um, She has been working for this man for five years and now she's going to get fired and blackballed. And Charlie's like, oh, no, you're not. So then he decides to swipe the purse back from the woman who just paid $15,000 for it. At in- least 15000 We didn't yeah. see the full auction. And that true. And then in his pursuit, 
he trips into a waiter on the escape and makes a big commotion. So everybody sees what happens, but they just run away with it. And that's how that storyline concludes. It makes no sense. Yeah, this, again, this feels like another plot hole because there's much more to delve into here. For sure, for sure. But we don't have time for that. I mean, this woman knows who they are because they literally gave this purse to the to the auction like the auction can figure out what it is and where it came from for sure somewhere deep down val wants to get fired i believe like why would you steal the purse yeah if you didn't want to get fired and it feels like this is her not necessarily wanting to quit but wanting a way out of her job i would agree with that she has just hit a real low point, which like, Val, there are other opportunities out there, girl. So then we have reached our final scene at last. I don't remember really the first part of this. I mean, Sid and Ellen are like, we need to tell Jesse about Meredith, but they don't, right? No, because the scene kind of like cuts off in the middle. I wouldn't be surprised if next episode we got another to be or previously on. That's true, where it starts with him learning that Meredith is in town. Yeah. Right, because, yeah. Just a major format change in the back third of the season. For sure. Right, the scene cuts because a tow truck calls for Jesse, so he steps out. Sophie also steps out because she's mad at Drew. Because no, they, well, Sophie, I don't think was even there at the moment. I think she was always outside. I guess she stepped out in the previous scene after their little conflict. She Their conflict? No, they're in a completely different location. I felt like the conflict was at the school. Now they're at the bar. Oh, I'm so sorry. You're so right. This is post. Yeah, this is after. So what? Was Sophie arriving? Perhaps, That's yeah. what's ha- Okay, sorry. That was, excuse me. I am still at the school here, but we are at the bar now. So basically, Sophie and Jesse run into each other outside the bar. She and Drew are not on good terms right now. She's like, maybe he like he like he doesn't see the world the way I do. He thinks that what I'm doing is a pipe dream. Maybe we're not like like he just doesn't get me. And then Jesse's all suave. He's like, well, maybe he's not the guy for you. And then cue the literal most awkward kiss I have ever seen on network television. (laughs) This isn't network television, it's Hulu. <laughs> okay, but like, it feels like it should be, on. okay, I, you know what I mean. On this type of show, on a multi-cam sitcom, on any type of television, it was awkward. Mm-hmm. There was nothing like, I felt nothing. Once again, there was nothing romantic. There was nothing like even cute about like the physicality of it. Like it just was very awkward to me. But it happened. We have our first kiss with a potential father because we've ruled Drew out. He's not a father. The father, (laughs) rather. Mm -hmm. So Jesse takes the early lead. But again, this is very predictable. We saw this coming. We did. And this is, I think, why we said, hey, look, if this is a one season show, it's got to be Jesse. And it's certainly shaping up that way. But Little did we little did we know at the beginning we were going to get a supersized season 2 as long as BTS army doesn't shut this down. <laughs> so who who knows, but that's it, right? That's episode 8. Yeah. We did it. Did we miss anything? Is there anything else to add or can we wrap this up so I can 
be my Millie Gang self in two minutes. In two minutes, n- no, nothing to wrap up here. We have two minutes until Joe Millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think that's it here uh, on episode 108. Awesome. We're still disappointed. So that means the rap definitely wins cringiest moment though, right? Yes. Oh, okay, cool. The rap wins. Army is pissed. It's been a week on how I met your father. And we're still talking about it. Lucky us. Yeah, two to go. Two, two, two to, to go. go here. And then we have to figure out something else yeah. to do. But as always, we're here. You can follow us at Outfit Repeat Pod on Twitter. Email us at OutfitRepeatersPodcast at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this and you're curious about some of the other content that we have, you can find that at our website, www.paginatedmedia.com slash outfitrepeaters or on any platform where podcasts are available. And again, uh, Crowning Around is back in season. We're talking about The Crown season three. So uh, if you like The Crown, definitely check that out as well. For sure. And we will be back next week. Lucky us to talk about the penultimate episode of season one of How I Met Your Father. Who will they insult next? Stay tuned.